The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, Earth's human mission, mirroring in the water, life can save children's lives all over the world. The mirror in the water is you, and your reflection can save children's lives. The women who are carrying the water in the different countries to save their families with water. Have you ever stopped to think if you didn't have your faucet to turn on, and many of you right now are going, uh, having experiences with water fail, uh, electricity failure and water failure. And if you can't have water, there is no facilities. There's nothing happening in your life except for maybe that bottled water you bought to drink. Stop and think about the world today and the new results today, the new population announcement. As of today, October 31st, 2011, on Earth, the world population is now at 7 billion people. That baby was born and in Manila. And just stop to think about all the lives that are going to need water. But yet we're having 5,000 children dying a day. They don't have water. Innocent people who have, are depending upon us that have gotten to become adults in the lives of this planet, learning what to do to save lives and give back of what the earth is giving to us. You know, when you stop and think about how important water is, the most priority of all is the water. We've had Dr. Dwayne Cecil on from, he'd been with NASA and now he's with NOAA and they're studying water and how important it is with the, the astronauts. They're going away from Earth studying priority also what is happening to water and the planet Earth has the water. Can you imagine the influence we have with the water that we have with the rest of the solar system? So stop and think about that as each one of our shows and what we're learning about the air is getting drier, and we need that water in the air that's called humidity to survive our organism of life, or it will die. It has to be fresh. It has to be clean, or diseases are become called dehydration disease are out of control. Today, I have a lot of fun. Today, I have Jerry Wiles on. Jerry is president of Living Waters International out of Houston, Texas. The topic will be world water crisis, of course, and as many years as they have started that organization, the contribution to the planet has been endless and the generosity. He's going to discuss the current crisis areas and then also his pending trip. We're going to listen to our sponsor from Biologic Aqua Research Center, Nature's Tears Imus. Did you know the air is getting drier? 
indoor conditions, our forced air, heating, and cooling, and insulation, too dry. Our eyes are dry. Our skin is dry. Our breathing passages are dry. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with tissue culture watered with just a mist to moisturize the eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Jerry Wiles. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jerry, how are you? I am doing well, and yourself? Well, I'm doing well, and I'm starting here, uh, soon be my fifth year. Uh huh. And I've had you on before, and, uh, our guest of what made this company uh, become what is becoming. Wonderful. With Voice America, World Talk Radio, and Green Dot Network, and then also Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted you to know the world is listening, and you're here today, and the crisis of water every day is becoming a much more uh, edu- better educated, thanks to people like yourself, and our t- type of show is the only water concerning for water talk show uh, on in the world. And tell us, Jerry, what you've been learning. You've been president of Living Water, and now uh, you're getting ready for a travel, so we need yes. to hear from you. How yes, old I, is Living Water, by the way, international? I should make one minor correction from your introduction. I am now the president emeritus. We have a new president and CEO okay. in, in our organization. Okay, president, and, uh, um, but you're still with them. I'm still full-time. I'm just doing fewer things. In our our growth and succession planning, we have um, um, a new president and CEO and um, a wonderful man, lots of qualifications. And I've taken another role as president emeritus. I'm just have gone from doing about eight or ten things to doing about three things. But I'm still still (laughs) full-time, still doing more writing, speaking, and uh, radio program production and traveling and doing training. So, Good. Um, we have uh, in our... How old is the organization first? 21 years old. 21 years old, and it was originated at the beginning to be able to save lives and, right. and educate about water issues and go into countries of the world and have a specialty. 
Correct. Uh, we, yes, okay. we were founded in 1990, and as a result of a mission trip to East Africa, and the people on the trip uh, became aware that the great need is for clean, safe drinking water. So in that group of about 30 people, there were some engineers and geologists and construction people who came back and began to think about what they could do. So they acquired a drill rig and got started. So we have now completed more than 11,000 water projects since uh, wow. 1990. 11,000 uh-huh. water projects. And we have uh, just this past year, I'm looking at our our uh, 2010 um, annual report. We did 1,387 projects last year. This year, we were projected to do 1,600. And wow. so that represents um, many millions of people that are getting clean, safe drinking water as a result of our work. Now, we've uh, in addition to that, we have trained a number of other organizations. Actually, some other organizations have actually started because we've gotten them involved. And uh, so, the uh, through our, uh, we're in 25 countries right now, but we've done work in about 70 countries through our partnerships and those we've trained. So we we're committed to reproducing and enabling and partnering with other organizations addressing the global water issues. Now, before we go farther, uh, because of the generosity of your uh, organization and the backing of your organization, who are the backers to make sure that you're mm-hmm. getting what you need so you don't, this will never uh, have to be concerned about money? Right. Uh, where do well, most of your uh, backers come from? We, uh, of course, we're a, um, an NGO, non-governmental organization. We're a faith-based water solutions organization. So most okay. of our funds come from individuals, churches, foundations, corporations. Mm-hmm. We do have uh, some government grants and government contract work that we have done. But mm-hmm. it's primarily a private sector organization mm-hmm. and generous people who learn about us and mm-hmm. uh, become aware of the water issues. In fact, mm-hmm. uh we have become uh, probably the charity of choice in terms of international uh, water issues and uh, in terms of measurable results and and um, uh, people served. We we probably have become uh, one of, if not the leading, um, nonprofit water solutions organizations in the world. Now, so because you're in Texas, the first thing that comes to my mind is: Are you getting uh, any backing from the oil companies? Because you talked we, about rigs. And- yes. And they have we are. Out in, in the fact, world. Uh, a number of our donors and board members come from the energy industry. They are. There we involved. go. I was after that because yeah. people have to realize, Jerry, that energy industry has been so philanthropic yeah. and concerning of world life issues mm-hmm. and uh, water primarily. Um, I remember I had on the show uh, somebody from National Geographic and. And they were t- talking how they'd been in one of these countries, and and uh, they were drilling in the, for oil, and all of a sudden here came water, and everybody got more excited about the water, <laughs> and yeah, we, uh, and it turned out to be um, about two three hundred years of water, uh-huh. and and they didn't get the oil, but they got to the water by accident, yeah. and everybody was so excited, but that was an oil rig there doing it. Well, you know. Oil well, oil well drilling equipment will also get water too. So that's one of right. the things that we uh, have used various kinds of equipment. And one of our founders invented a shallow well soft formation portable drill rig that we take in the inaccessible areas. Wow! In a in a canoe or a a, a boat or a, mm-hmm. a, a pickup, 
and uh, are able to go uh, remote areas. And that brings tears to my eyes. That, I had never heard of that one. Yeah. So it's a it's a type of of uh, of of a of a of a rig that yeah. can go in a canoe or a pickup. Yeah. Well, one of yes, one of our uh, founders was in the oil well drill bit business, uh, Lone Star Bit Company, and he manufactured mm-hmm. equipment. And when he got involved with this, he was on that first mission trip. Mm-hmm. He came back and and ended up designing and inventing, and it's patented. Uh, to to uh, it's like a miniature oil well drilling rig. It runs mm-hmm. from uh, two gasoline engines. It can be uh, folded up and put in a box about the size of a coffin. Oh, and uh, you can take it in a canoe or a uh, a truck into remote areas. And of course, uh-huh. many places we go, there's no electricity. Right. And it's difficult to get into these places. You couldn't take truck-mounted rigs or high-capacity drilling equipment right. into these areas. But this has revolutionized the way water solutions are done in developing countries. And now, so how now long those, has that been out? Those rigs are now all over the world. I had never heard of that one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which means nothing. Uh, I, I always said to everybody, I'm not smart, but it means I have so much to learn. <laughs> but well, I wanted to ask you, well, so that are you, now when they do the, the, the shallow uh, deep drilling, I mean shallow drilling, uh-huh. uh, how many feet do they go down with something like that? Well, anything less than about 200 feet would be considered a shallow well. Okay. Um, but this equipment can go around to around 300 feet. Wow. Oh, my uh, goodness. And, uh, oh. of course, they're continuing to... Upgrade uh-huh. and um, and improve the uh, the equipment. Okay. So we've got some pretty smart people uh, in the industry that are continuing to look at these things and doing the mm-hmm. research and what's out mm-hmm. there and then mm-hmm. developing ways. And there, of course, they, as you know, there's many different ways of addressing the the water problems, uh, rainwater catchment, and there's various other uh, filtration and and uh, mm-hmm. Treatment systems, but uh, the groundwater usually is the uh, best solution. Uh, a shallow well in a village with a hand pump, um, and the right kind of hand pump, of course, is more durable and more sustainable than trying to uh, take our Western, more industrialized. You know, the uh, first thing that comes to my mind is um, again when I finally be able to re- do like you're doing and have less things to do a day, I want to get out into the world with what I do also with all of you. And that's, what I come to my mind is when you get the to water, Jerry, and you get the water available to the community, how do they assign who's going to take care of that water and be the yeah. maintenance supervisor? Well, that's make, a very important question because what we do is we are working with nationals, of course, and they... Right have surveys and they go in, they evaluate, and they actually form in a community a water committee made up of community leaders, mostly women because they're the I ones was going that to say, I, 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 the ones that carry the water. I'm hoping these are women that have been carrying that water for so yes. many years to well, save their uh, family and communities. A, so they are women. Yes, yeah. And, of course, as you know, I mean, uh, Women and children are the ones who suffer the most because of the lack of water. And but right. the women in the areas uh, that they, they are part of the village, the uh, or the community uh, water committee. So we form, right. and they are involved from the beginning, uh, before, during, and after the water projects. But that water committee, it's their well. It's not Living Water National's well. We work right. with local churches and local community leaders. Mm-hmm. And so we normally the, the well is put at a school, an orphanage, a hospital. Mm-hmm. or some community. So it's a community-owned and mm-hmm. community 
so we train the people how to manage and maintain and repair the systems. Now, how do, where do they do? Where do they get their funds uh, to be able to maintain that? Uh, because it will take some money. Yes, uh, and that is where you've got community buy-in, and we get them involved, and they 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 may raise just uh, enough money to pay for part of the hand pump. Okay. And then they work out a system, and we've, of course, had the collective experience worldwide, so we know that different countries have different issues you have to be aware of. But mm-hmm. but they have some uh, contribution, so it's not totally free to everybody mm-hmm. in the community, although people who don't have any any assets or ability, right. you know, they give them a water. But they organize in such a way that they've got some funds coming in. Mm-hmm. They may just pay a little bit. Um, and then we continue to work with the community uh, leaders and churches to, uh, to to maintain it. So now on, because my field, water research, is what about the water testing uh, well, to make sure the water whole, stays uh, healthy? We've got a whole elaborate water testing protocol, and that's part of our strategic plan is continuing looking at best practices in the, the water sector and in the industry. So. We've got water testing protocol, we've, and we train the people how to do that. We have the minimum standards, mm-hmm. and so we, we work with the communities to educate them on the process. And we've the whole uh, water sector now has moved toward what, what is referred to commonly as, as WASH, a WASH program. A full WASH program, it means water access, sanitation, health, and hygiene. So if you just bring clean water to people, you can reduce the a percentage of disease in the, oh in the area, but if you bring sanitation services and hygiene training, the the percentage goes uh, way up. So, oh yes. Uh, when we th- think about integrated water solutions, or a full wash program that includes uh, getting the clean water, training them on how to manage, maintain it, repair mm-hmm. the systems, or how to contact someone. Now, it if it's when Merritt Mines are moving with you on uh, the the typical drinking and cooking with the water. But the wash, uh, do they? How do they? Do they have a, a, a community facility for having um, um, shower rooms or locations they go and use for bathing, or because they, they and, obviously are not getting it all to their own home? Well, in some cases, uh, it is going to be different. You know, we have a, a system in a slum area, a large slum slum area in in Kenya, where they've got water taps. They've got a place for people to come and and wash and. They can shower and things like that, but mm-hmm. it looks different in different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, something called uh, a tippy tap on the. Uh, we teach people about the importance of hand washing, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's there's a variety of things. But it's looking at what's the worldview, the customs, the culture, mm-hmm. and making sure that it's uh, that's appropriate technology for that region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my husband and Jerry is from Holland. And uh, in Holland, uh, because of the row houses, they didn't have a bath, uh, toilet facility and a wash basin, so they all had to go way back in time to call bathhouses mm-hmm. to have their baths. So this is not an uncommon world way back in time uh, when mm-hmm. countries of the world, even Holland, uh, right. had to go to bathhouses because those row houses didn't have everything they needed uh, for their hygiene except for a wash basin they had buckets in the kitchen that they would take a bath in between. But, again, uh, so then they would have bathhouses in some of these areas and other areas that they were able to bring it into their own locations. Right. Okay. 
Okay. Well, some of the solutions that were developed in the early 1900s in the United States are, you know, like having uh, toilets and different uh-huh. uh, sanitation things that developed during those years. We call years. that modern facilities. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, not too many years ago, these were issues that were being dealt with here in the United States. Right. People forget about that, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and it all took what, Jerry? Water. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have clean water, you can't do any of the rest of it very well. And, you, you know, have... I had a press release that I'll send to you that I did with the blessings of the NASA group with, with Dwayne Cecil, Dr. Cecil. And after one of our shows I, with Dwayne, I said, you know, when I, I called him and I said, something just came to my mind, and Jerry, this is so fact truthful, um, is that we have our, saddle, our, our uh, astronauts go out into the solar system, which is so important. I never looked at it anything other than learning what Earth is doing and now water. Uh-huh. And um, he, he, I was mentioning to Dr. Cecil, I said, you know, Dwayne, um, I had just thought of something today. The Earth has such a responsibility. If it has the water that we all know about it, it's got to affect the whole solar system, Jerry. Well, it's one thing for sure, if you don't have water, life. Life there's, is no, water. there's no life if there's no water. Exactly. And with the solar system, to be able to deal with the climate change, and I'm going to call it climate change, that has been going on since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. it changes. Mm-hmm. And it goes through its life cycle. Right. And here on Earth, if we've got to make sure there's water. And right. wherever there's healthy water. Now, the other thing, uh, Jerry, is my world and my research is the air we're breathing. How healthy is the humidity in right. the air? Because without water in the air that we can't see, but it's called humidity, is it enough to be able to keep life alive? Because the fresh water Water influences the air we're breathing also. That's correct. And dehydration diseases are out of control because people cannot, their organism of their life, along with the blade of grass and all life on earth, is not getting enough clean humidity. Right. And so water being uh, pursued and uh, found in different countries of the world will add to that future of water on Earth to be influencing the the air also, and diseases influence the air. Mm-hmm. If, if the world has a rampant of diseases going on, that'll influence it. And people don't think that way, but it does. Well, if you think about um, a ball diamond, first base is life. The second base is um, health. The third base is education, and the home plate is economic development. Life is air water, and food. I'm going to switch you around with my research. I know I'm always doing things that are unusually different in my Uh research, but I put water because there would be no air to breathe without the water. That's true. Well, people without air don't don't have air are not around very long to talk about it. Exactly. The (laughs) the water provides the air we breathe. Yes, it all comes together. So if you think about the first base that we have to cover anywhere in the world is um, water, air, and food. And then you can you can do health care, then you can do education, then you can do economic development. But sometimes exactly. people jump exactly. into health care or they do an orphanage. I was in Togo, West Africa a few years ago. They, these people were building a medical clinic because some Americans there were providing funds, but they hadn't even thought about what they are going to do with, about the water. Oh, my. 
<laughs> and in, in this village, they had two hand-dug wells that had water about six months out of the year. Oh. And so the rest of the time, they had to go to the next village to get the water. When I asked them the one question that no one had asked, I said, what are you going to do about the water supply for this medical clinic? Oh, well, we hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. So they needed a, a water well there. Yes. Well, I know somebody has the ability. It's, you know, and Jerry, I'm going to remind the audience, it's a fact, and I studied this so far back. If you didn't have the toothbrush to pick up, you wouldn't know there would be such a thing as a toothbrush. If you right. didn't have the glass of water for the glass to put the water in, if you didn't have the water being visible to you, you wouldn't even know water and it was in existence. So people on Earth don't know any, at, at all anything until there's an invention. Right. Have to be invented. And then they have something to relate to the comp- comparable to. They can com- compare it to something. Mm-hmm. It's like the, I always say, I've been saying for years, the mirror and the water is human life. Looking at the water, thinking, I wonder what that is in the water when I see, see the mirror. Well, the mirror, you're doing the mirror, Jerry. You and your organization and organizations like you and radio talk shows like this one, is that you're, we're now mirroring the importance of you can look in the water and see that you can participate with this human mission mm-hmm. uh, to go out and find out how powerful power of water is, that water is a living water, and that the world is waiting. And that, Jerry, I, I stru- truly believe this. With the faith of our prayers and the faith of our, our convictions and our tenacity, the world will come together when they find out we have to do this because of the water. Mm-hmm. Now, how many countries do you know that are fighting wars because of water? Well, yeah, I read been fighting wars for years over villages because they were terrified the lack of water over in Israel and the Palestinians. It's water too, yes. and and the river that they're going to have to maybe come together. In fact, the the parting the waters in the National Geographic about a year ago it said a source of conflict between Israel and its neighbors for decades. The Jordan River is now depleted by drought. Mm-hmm. Pollution and overuse. Could this fight say, save the forge of path toward peace? In other words, would they bring peace together because they would together have to save that river, that water? Right. So I look at what you're doing and what we're trying to do with the world out there to listen. And, uh, and Internet radio, to me, is the most great, gr- the greatest source on earth because it goes 24 hours a day. People can go in and listen without having to stop everything. Oh, I'm going to go listen to that show while it's on. They can go over to Internet Radio now and learn more about education, but the power of water education, Earth's human mission here with people like yourself, is vital to getting connected, getting together. Now, back to the sanitation, too. That sanitation, I had the United Nations on at one point, and we brought up, yes, you can have the water, but the sanitation is vital to, like you said, washing your hands and having the modern facility to do what you need to do without having to go out into the bushes that causes so much unsanitary problems. And uh, the parasite worm that people forget to think about in modern our lives is the guinea worm and the parasites that are happening all over the world in some areas of the world that look like they're maybe somewhat modern. But that disease is out of control. That worm is out of control. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize how life-threatening that is if a person drank bad water. 
Well, bringing clean water is just part of the solution. It's the education, behavior change, and uh, health and hygiene and sanitation that really uh, all that has to be a part of the solution. And uh, people tend to just do what they've always done. And someone said that uh, awareness is the first step to change. Education, education, right. And make it... Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, have you heard about the new classrooms in the country where they put the computer at each desk and uh-huh. there's a, a classroom that comes through the computer to teach the children their math? Right. And they'll go into the class and they're, oh, today's math, and they're so excited. Yeah. What can you and I do to get in that classroom? Today's the water. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, audience, and, and Jerry, I have to tell you this one. Uh, when Jane Cecil was on recently, Nestle had sponsored the NOAA group to have teachers from all over the world come in to a a conference about how to teach water in the classrooms, Jerry. Uh And that was exciting because that classroom, I was a guest speaker at the uh, uh, the classroom in Upper New York, the Blue Mountain School Middle School. And Uh I took this train up with my husband, Bill, up the Hudson, and I'm saying, I said to Bill, oh, my God, we get to go up the Hudson on the train. We got there, and the faculty wanted me to discuss water because the classes that the kids were going to be taking in the next uh, class was going to be water education, waters of the world. Mm-hmm. So when I, they had me in this auditorium of, uh, that was normally for entertaining, and they had me on stage, and I said, no, 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 I'm down on the floor, and I need two mics. So I started out, and they had all these faculty worried that the kids would get bored. Jerry, they gave me 45 minutes. They took an extra 15 minutes. The kids had a standing ovation, Jerry, and I was even asked for my autograph. And, Jerry, I swear to you, all I talked about was water. (laughs) Well, we're finding that uh, children really get excited about this. I I just talked about the water. But you know what I did, too, Jerry, that we got to remember, everyone, Jerry, you're 70 80% water, walking water. That's right. And when I looked at those kids and I said, now, when you come from water and you're living on earth in that delivery room without the water, but you're water, yeah. and you're walking around like a sponge, you need water. You need to drink 8 to 10 glasses of healthy, fresh water. Mm-hmm. The diseases you acquire need to be dissolved with water first. The water of your life is vital to your sanitation. The kids had looked at each other like they didn't realize they were walking water. Right. And the air they're breathing is the water. So, of course, they would relate to how important water is because they wouldn't be able to live or be uh, intelligent enough to have the ability for their brain to react to the electrolytic ability that the brain is 80% water. The blood is 80 to 90% water. Skin is 80% water. They're walking all these organs. And I took a chart of how, what the water level was each of these organs in their body. The kids had never been taught that. Well, it needs to be taught in the schools and the homes. And one of the things we've discovered, and re- recently just had our annual gala and an open house, and we had some volunteers who've actually created this. Uh, it's a, it's a, a museum of water for children and of course it's working out for adults as well but children really get excited about it when they understand the importance of water right right so now tell me which countries of the world are you going in primarily i hope you're not forgetting the united states because it's having a lot of water issues <laughs> well we're real primarily we're involved in um 
uh, African, Asian, Latin America, where people are dying every day because of a lack of clean water. And here in the United States, we, we don't actually at this point drill water wells in the United States. But mm-hmm. we, we may be in the future. But right now we're now, What working. I was thinking about is your organization, and we, we're going to come back with you here in a minute, and I want to talk about those countries, but the organization educating the United States about how important, because they're getting, they're, California's got more problems today yeah. with water issues. Well, one uh, of the main things we do here is, it they hadn't. is education and advocacy. Um, okay, yes, you are right. So we're doing, we're implementing projects, though, in, in those, uh, those countries in, uh, in the developing world primarily. Right. We're going to be back with you in those countries, and I want to hear us about, yes, the women uh, that have been doing this for so long and the children participation, but I want to learn about what the government is doing to participate to assist you, too, which we haven't discussed. Uh, here in America, we've got to realize that when the government, we go in to do these things, what's the government in their countries doing to participate to assist you? Okay. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Jerry, and we'll be right back again. We're going to sponsor Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know the surface of your eyes is 99% water, natural water? That when you have eyesight changes or eyesight dryness of the eyes, sitting at a computer, uh, traveling into different locations where the air is changing, the eyes can have dehydration. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product to be able, with just a mist, to replenish that natural lost moisture. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Jerry Weil. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. You know, Jerry, uh, did you ever read, I'm sure you maybe did, uh, probably did the last year's issue of National Geographic, and the, the whole issue was water. I did, yes. Yes. That was a very good issue. It was an excellent issue, and they had done that once before. And because my world has been water for so many, many, many years, uh, everybody brought it to my attention. But it says here Americans use about 100 gallons of water at a home each day, and that millions of the world's poorest exist only on fewer than five gallons. 
Americans. Forty-six yeah. percent of people on Earth do not have water pipe to their homes, which means, of course, the sanitation. Mm-hmm. Women in developing countries walk on average of 3.7 miles a day. In 15 years, uh, 1.8 billion people will live in regions of severe water scarcity, which uh, they're finding around the world in some of the most modern appearing locations of the world. They still hadn't still thought about the water. And um, in countries like India, they had discussed how these children line up with their little baggies to go get some water. Mm-hmm. And in this one story where this little boy, uh, it was a very young little boy, crowded, and the other children, everybody got so panicked and they beat on him and he died. Mm-hmm. And he should become immortal to the world because he was just thirsty. Right. And this is what this is all about, audience. Um, people, of course, your instincts, uh, if you're made up of water, your eyes get dry, your skin gets dry, your brain is 80 to 90% water, and you get thirsty, that means you just, you're, 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 you're wanting instincts to survive. And, Jerry, what you're doing is for the world to hear is to for people to survive and live. Mm-hmm. And now those countries that you're going into, what is the support? You're going in, and the generosity of the United States of America has never said, okay, I do this for you, you do this for me. We, we haven't. And the world has, we've been so generous all over the world with not only losing our lives as, with our soldiers, the generosity of a of a of a of a military organization of volunteers, right, to give their lives for the women of the world to have freedom and their children, and others to be able to prosperous and have water. What are the countries doing to support you when you go in? Well, we uh, rather than trying to do for the people, we try to work with the people and look at what's the. Uh, what are the assets that they have there to to help solve the problem? So there's some uh, conversations to begin with to let them be a part of the solution to their problem. And uh, we're there to serve and support and partner with them. And, of course, certainly we are bringing resources, but uh, uh, we we don't want to create a dependency. We want a sustainable um, program. So we work hard to do that. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind in all is, okay, you go in, you have your meetings, and, and um, uh, provide them the oppor- what your generosity is going to do. And, of course, you're not saying that. But you're saying what you're going to provide for them. And when you leave, are you assured that there's not going to be um, a political movement on that water location? Well, the key... The key factor in, the, in preventive measures uh, that we take would uh, be working with local churches and community leaders okay. and other organizations that are involved in the area, but it mm-hmm. needs to be the local people that uh, assume ownership mm-hmm. and responsibility for that project. So we mm-hmm. train them, we work with them to create that water committee, which is in some cases might be the first um, a uh, form of representative government they've lived under is <laughs> okay. managing the water. So we teach them how to about uh, transportation, about storage, about managing the water, uh, in addition to uh, getting the water, uh, either uh, groundwater or if it happens to be surface water that can be uh, treated. Or we, do, uh, we have over the years done bio-sand filters, which you can manufacture bio-sand filters with local materials. 
Tell us how you do that. Well, it's uh, basically a uh, – you could take a um, a barrel or a large bucket and put a certain layers of sand and gravel in it, mm-hmm. and you can pour dirty okay. water in at the top. Okay. It goes through a, a, a you know different layers of gravel and sand, kind of like the surface of the earth. Uh-huh. And um, uh, by the time, you know, when the water goes from surface water down to the aquifers, it's basically clean and safe uh, to mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. So the uh, bio sand filter is kind of like a miniature water treatment system. That's the way water treat- city water treatment systems are basically a combination of materials that water goes mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. and it takes out the bacteria and the, uh, mm-hmm. the germs. Mm-hmm. Well, Earth offers that uh, soil, rock, sand, right. life. And so we create a little miniature uh, something that, you know, God's created the the world so that exactly. there's there's the the, the water cycle, exactly. and the groundwater um, after you go down to a, a, an aquifer, which unless it's been contaminated by some outside. Well, source. most of those countries probably wouldn't be so contaminated because they don't have all that going on that we have. Well, unless it's a coastal region where there's um, um, salt water has seeped into the to the okay. um, aquifers. In some cases, that, that would be a problem. But that would that, be a problem. That's correct. And then some right. places where there's been uh, uh, war and, and dead bodies have gone into the wells and okay. um, uh, run off. And or dead animals places. along the areas. Of, yeah. yeah. And in, in, in uh, cases where they have drought or the dry season, uh, where there's animal and human waste yes. on the surface, and then, yes. the, then in the rainy season, the uh, the water runs into the streams that they're drinking out of, exactly. so there's, sometimes there's cholera uh, breakouts when people yeah. are drinking surface water. And malaria comes about because of the insects and right mosquitoes. Um, oh yes, yeah. People forget that malaria is because of bad water. That's correct. If yeah. if you bring clean water to people, you educate them on a few basic things. It really mm-hmm. saves a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, um, back to the communities, committees, uh, when they're organized, uh, do you have somebody in this country that gets in, uh, keeps in contact now that we have Internet, but uh, are we, do you have somebody who can help them keep in tune with them? Because you're probably not going to leave yes. somebody there. Well, we have uh, either, in... either expats, sometimes they're missionaries, or sometimes they're okay. uh, nationals who are country directors, and they keep in touch. I'll give you just one quick example. I was in the Central African Republic uh, last spring. We were down in the rainforest area in the uh, uh, the, the Banki area. It's like pygmies areas. Mm-hmm. And so we'd put some water projects in there, some wells, and we met with one of the water committees that oversaw three different uh, water points, three different wells. Uh-huh. And so they've been working for some time together. So the national directors in each country uh, regularly uh, keep in touch with the water committees just to see how things are going. And it's the water committee's responsibility to collect the fees that they uh, create a system that someone mm-hmm. they, they contribute something mm-hmm. uh, to the overall maintenance and, and management of the system. And then on back to the – before I forget to ask in, when there's a test of the water to make sure that nothing has contaminated it, what type of a test do they give it to maintain that report? Well, that is a question for the technical people. There are several different kinds of tests, and um, I'm not the expert on the That's water okay. testing we just want to know protocol, what but we do have some familiar. standards, 
and the water's testing to make sure that it's safe. Now, in different uh-huh. parts of the world, there's different things you would test for because of different kind of contamination that could potentially be in the water supply. Right. Well, how often do you think they do that um, test? Well, they would uh, probably at least twice a year mm-hmm. they would be tested. So the uh, part of the uh, uh, maintenance and evaluation, monitoring and, and, and evaluation in the water testing, um, so when you have, and it's going to be a little different in different countries because of location, numbers of projects, uh, and so on. So we're uh, now also, Jerry. What about all this flooding that's going on in some of these areas of the world, where the water that was being the flooding waters could contaminate? Were you ever? Did you have any issues with that this last year? Well. That's always an issue when you have a, a hurricane or a typhoon yeah. or earthquake or tornadoes in different regions. Um, water is always it seems to be a big um, becomes people become more aware of the, the importance of having water. Right. So you can't have too much water, of course. And uh, if it's contaminated, you've got to figure out a way to uh, to address that issue. We we got involved long distance from uh, a couple of years ago when they had this big earthquake in China. Mm-hmm. and just working with some of the relief and development organizations there to give them some solutions for emergency. Did you know that China has 182 cities with contaminated groundwater? Well, I, I was in China a couple of years ago, and uh, I heard all kinds of statistics on the number of people that, that were without um, access to clean water, the farmers that have, that, that have uh, no access to clean water. So mm-hmm. the numbers are pretty astounding. Yeah, and uh, I just wish the influence of uh, we could get in there. And um, I've had Dr. Effie Chow on here, who's uh, from China, and she says too the water issue is serious. It um, the health issues are they're always worried because if something happens and it starts to become rampant, it could multiply and domino. So they're really working very hard to keep a very healthy client as much as healthy. uh, situations going on with all the products that come in there and everything they're trying to do so everybody can concentrate on and and more east philosophy of being healthy not so much west only you know that everybody wants to go west yeah <laughs> you know and uh, she was saying that uh, that's become a, a situation is how can we in the west become little east and they're on the, in the east not so much west <laughs> right but that's our life on Earth is uh, the fascination with what other people are doing. And yeah. we always look at America. That's the one thing we do always appear to be shortcuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call it to the medicine cabinet, and I try to talk to people about that on this show. Don't go to the medicine cabinet first. Well, there's be so much. Be more proactive it, it, with your health education and try to uh-huh. prevent. And uh, But I wanted to ask you, uh I had I had, my show has been in Kenya, at the Mara at the Conservatory of Wild Animals there, uh-huh. and uh, I was reading where they are having that feared drought on the Mara River. Right. Have you ever done any work there? Well, we're working all over Kenya. I was just there last uh, July, and uh-huh. uh, of course, there different regions have different different problems. So we've done several hundred wells in um, in Kenya. Uh-huh. Now the animals are starting to die because they don't have enough water. Well, that's, that's a, a problem in, uh, in several East African countries right now, Ethiopia and Somalia and Kenya, and uh, mm-hmm. probably Tanzania is having some problems. 
in that area. So anytime there's a drought, um, and I was in the Rift Valley uh, just a few years ago where uh, Living Water International had put a high-capacity well in, about a 1,000-foot well that was being managed by Maasai pastors. It's in the it's in a region where there's no electricity, so there's a diesel generator there. And uh, this particular well was uh, productive and getting water. Most of the other wells in that region had gone dry because they were either government uh, projects or uh, commercial contract that they didn't mm-hmm. go deep enough into the aquifer, so they were dry. Mm-hmm. This one well was um, productive, and they were now, they said they were 35,000 people plus the animals in the livestock, wild animals and livestock, living off this one well. And they said unless, if this well was not there, there'd probably be 35,000 dead people in the region because exactly. of the distance they would have to go otherwise to get water. So they had disease, referred, first of all, they could become out of control. They referred to this well as God's well. Okay. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> so anyway, that's... I hope uh, they have a lot of praying stations around that well to make when, sure that... When you have uh, when you have a drought and the aquifers uh, become depleted, unless the unless it's a deep enough well and it uh-huh. goes dry, then people are just left to you know. Oh, yeah, and uh, that's why I'm hoping that we can influence, and I know you sure are, and your organization, the world, to come together and stop the the uh, the, the battles. And come together on what's best for all. Yeah. Because we live with the earth as guests. The earth, we're not going to learn to live with us. We have to learn to live on the earth. Mm-hmm. I need to ask you, what's your pending trip happening? Where are you going? Well, in just a few days, I'm going to be in uh, Ethiopia and India for a few days. Okay. And what's the pro- what are you doing there? Well, I'm uh, on this trip, I'm doing some training. Uh, we do what we call orality training workshops, and most of the places we work, they're oral cultures. They don't have access or don't read and write. They learn primarily through oral means. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're doing orality training. Actually, uh, some recent statistics show that 70% of the world's population would be oral learners by necessity or by preference. That would be people who can't, don't, or won't read, or they learn and communicate best by means other than print-based media or written instruction. So we have an orality-based training program that we work in these areas. So that's what I'll be doing there. And that's oral. You know, Jerry, the Internet is becoming this keyboard. I call it the pen pal stuff. And orally, when people are learning to communicate how to do it orally, they become much more skilled. Yes, because they looked at the individualities, they've uh, been evaluating that analysis, they notice the person's expression. They get to know the individual better by learning to orally communicate. Well, it's much more relational, and uh, what we learn from oral-based cultures or oral, um, oral traditions is that they're much more relational, they share information, uh, there's more face-to-face communication, mm-hmm. and um, it is more transferable to any mm-hmm part of the world. So we're actually going back to how people have learned and communicated best for thousands of years, but in the past 500 years, we've become more dependent in the Western world on uh, literature, literate means of communication, and linear thinking. So we have to adapt to the culture and the worldview of the people that we're seeking to educate. So Exactly. I have said over and over again that eventually I think they're going to compromise the communications at the keyboard 
and oral is going to come back again uh, mm-hmm. with a 50-50 maybe. And I got such a kick out of when I was hearing about the Stephen Jobs story. As, as, as much as he was the inventor of this communication at the keyboard and that type of technology, he still picked up the phone and called everybody he wanted to call. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he you know, orally the, the... wanted to talk to them. One gentleman was talking how in the media he would literally pick, he would pick up that phone and call the people and say, you've got to learn this, you've got to learn that. Yeah. Not just dep- he doesn't depending upon the fact that they got the email. <laughs> And yeah. I always do this with my staff. When we send an email of importance, call them up and ask them if they got it, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, technology is a great tool, but if we become technology dependent, we lose the relational part of what life is all about. We have to get to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the pen pal inter- uh, net in relationship is fabulous. I'm all excited about it. I love the invention. But I get on a plane, and when I have somebody that I want to go meet, I want to go in person. Right. And people are a little surprised because we got to know their relationship of who we want to do business with over the Internet, too. We always have to see their pictures, even. Right. (laughs) But it's not the same. It's not the same. Now, uh, what else are you doing? Uh, We've got one minute left. Uh, How would you like to close today? on telling our audience uh, some of the things that you think are priority. Well, if I could just – can I, is it okay to mention our website? Oh, gosh, yes. It's, uh, it's water.cc is our main website, and then we also have a website called water.cc slash orality, O-R-A-L-I-T-Y. Oh, orality, too. Okay. Right. So when people talk about uh, orality in North America, they think you're talking about morality and leaving the M off. But yeah, orality no, has to do oralities, with... Yeah, we the oral side. Right. So uh, water.cc slash orality. And oral cultures, oral traditions, and orality just refers to the 70% of the world's population who would be considered oral preference learners. Mm-hmm. So one of the most exciting things that we're doing is in relation to uh, the education part of it is discovering better ways of relating to oral cultures mm-hmm. and training and equipping people with uh, oral methods rather than taking them literature or books or manuals that they can't read and understand mm-hmm. or technology-based uh, equipment that uh, they don't well, use very well. So It confuses things. Adapting yeah. to their uh, what's culturally relevant and appropriate for their um, uh, their situation. Well, I want to thank you so much, and and uh, you know I look at what you're doing, and you're going into different parts of the world, and India is working. I know so uh, the challenges of making sure all their people have water. I know my granddaughter, Michaela Rogash, gave some volunteer time for a month in India, and she was so surprised how the wa- they didn't have water sometimes during the day because of the Uh, of the the way they had to do certain things with the power. Right. So I'm sure you're going to be over there because they really want to get a a handle on uh, some, we'll call it the headwaters of their country because they need it badly. Yes, they do. Well, thank you for being on with us today and all your time. And keep us informed, if you would, Jerry, about what you're doing. And can I have you on more commonly because... This has to be one of our best shows. This is a good show today. Uh, Let me know anytime. It's my pleasure. Well, thank you, and bless you. Okay, bless you too. Thank you. Okay, bye. Have a nice day. Be well. Well, I said be well, but it goes more than the directions of being healthy, but also digging those wells for those families and 
around the world. And the, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, we've had so many different individuals on to make this show a very exciting show, a very versatile show for you to learn more about your own dehydration. And in other words, the day you were born and you entered in that delivery room, you were, didn't have the water around you any longer. You had to learn to live life on your own. So that choice became very, very important to you. And I hope you take that serious about your health. Your health is vital, and drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. Earth has that secret. Embrace your life, every precious moment. But Earth is whispering. Don't ever say goodbye because you're going to be willing to learn as much as you can learn to help someone else and leave that footprint of immortality behind. I want to thank you for listening. I think this was an excellent show with Jerry Wiles today. I hope you get in contact with him. Have a nice day and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com.